we are continuing to look at water and specifically that pure river of life that flows from the throne of God in the book of Revelation. Beginning with Genesis and the separation of water from water, God introduced us to a type, an emblem that will persist throughout the ages. But as I said before, any such persisting symbol persists in various forms until the reality in its superlative becomes what is revealed wherever man is. Because we know that the environment of man will change over time, even as man himself, mankind himself, changes from a natural entity, creature formed out of the dust of the ground, with the spirit imparted by the by God Himself, to becoming spirit in its in the in the entirety of existence. The environment, of course, changes. The environment supports this transition because this is the will of God. So rivers play a critically important role in the growing understanding of this matter. Revelation 22, 1-5 speaks about a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. But then Ezekiel speaks of water flowing from the threshold of the temple toward the east, from the mount of the uh, from the front of the temple eastward. The water was flowing under the right side of the temple, south of the altar, along the bank of the river, and the side and uh, on this side and that, and grow all kinds of trees for food. And their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They'll bear fruit every month, a different type, because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Now this is how it looks before the new Jerusalem is the compendium of all reality and of necessity becomes the total reality. Clearly when Ezekiel and Zechariah, let me read Zechariah again into the record, and in that day it shall be that living waters will flow from Jerusalem. What day are we talking about? Clearly not the same day referred to in, uh, in, in Revelation 22. Clearly not that. Why? Because there is no temple, because there is no sea, because there is no sun or moon, 
But at the beginning of the millennium, all these things are yet in place. So what is he describing? He's clearly not describing the ancient temple in Jerusalem that existed at the time of Ezekiel and that would be subsequently destroyed by the Romans and has remained destroyed by the Romans, uh, remained destroyed in the fashion in which it was in the days of the Romans. In fact, it was so thoroughly destroyed that the intention of God was never to build that temple back. Not one stone, Jesus said, would be left here upon another that will not be overthrown. And where the temple once stood, every stone has been overthrown to the foundation thereof. So what temple is he talking about? Well, this temple has been referred to in heaven, has been previously referred to in heaven in the book of Revelation. And it was described in in its particular as the dwelling place of those who are the people of God in heaven. How often we heard, uh, I heard, uh, John was, John writing said, I heard uh, a voice coming from beneath the, uh, from the temple and beneath the altar. The word for temple we pointed out in the book of Revelation is the word naos which would be the dwelling place of the God as opposed to Kyrios or Kyriakos which is an actual physical temple. So there's not a physical temple but there is a configuration in heaven in which the Lamb and those who dwell in the Lamb are presented and when Jesus comes back at the beginning of the millennium, this is the arrangement that the earth will see. Has the earth ever seen the description defined here in both Ezekiel and Zechariah where the temple, there was a, a, a river of water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, from the front of the temple faced, because the front of the temple faced the east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Has that ever been the case? No. No, he was having a vision of the intermediate stage. And this of course was about Jerusalem. at the intermediate stage, what it will look like when Christ returns. It hasn't been on the earth. In fact, in this temple, this temple would be destroyed by the Babylonians in the days of Ezekiel. 
when the rest of, of the, the, the Hebrews were taken into captivity and it would not be rebuilt until Herod rebuilt it. All those uh, generations later, millennium, a millennium, well not quite a millennium, but many, many centuries later, and then it was destroyed by the Romans and is still in the state of destruction. You remember when, when Israel returned from Babylonian captivity, uh, uh, Nehemiah led those who came back and rebuilt the temple, which was the temple in the days of Jesus. Then the Romans destroyed, the, the finishing of the rebuilding was many, many uh, uh, centuries later by, um, by Herod to appease the Jews. And then of course the Romans destroyed it and it's stayed like that since. So no, there was not, from the days of Ezekiel, there was not the following along the banks of the river which Ezekiel saw and on the side will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Leaves are not, will not wither, fruit will not fail, fruit every month uh, because the river flows from the sanctuary, fruit will be good for food and leaves for medicine. And then from Zechariah, and in that day, the living waters will flow from Jerusalem, describes it as living waters, half of them toward the eastern sea, half of them toward the western sea, in both summer and winter it shall occur. That has never happened. But this is not this river of pure water that flows from the throne of God. Why? Because it flows from the throne of God, not from the front of the temple. There is no temple. That's all over and done. So, and there is no sea. There is no sun, moon, or stars. That's over with the time of the return of the Lord. So, or it's over by the time of Revelation 22 but present yet in the time of the Lord. So when the Lord returns, the millennial age will begin and it will conclude with both the destruction of Satan and whatever final opposition there is to Christ in the earth and it will conclude that the millennium will conclude with the great white throne of judgment and the Lord Jesus Christ sitting upon the throne to judge the nations in finality. And he will judge not only humans, he will judge angels as well. And they will, the last of the enemies to be destroyed. He will destroy all of what has opposed him and the last to be destroyed are death and hell. 
in what is described, and we've talked about it before, as a lake of fire. Now then, I'm not relitigating the lake of fire. I've already talked about that. Go back and listen to it. Because here, these things are not primarily physical. Because what's called to judgment, what is being judged, are persons who have been resurrected. And you have a different form when you're resurrected. You have a different form when you're changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And when you've been brought back from the dead, you have a different form. These are the participants in that final judgment. So, the millennium is a time when that begins with the rule, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to rule and reign for a thousand years. His seat of government is Jerusalem, but it is not Jerusalem as it is today. Obviously, upon his return, he will renew the earth in the fashion described here in both Ezekiel and Zechariah. He will renew the earth. So don't get sentimentally attached to the city of Jerusalem. The rule of Christ will be in an upgraded form of Jerusalem to match the statue of the king who has returned to establish his rule over all creation. Now, part of his renewal of the earth will be that along the banks of this river that flows from the throne, all kinds of trees will grow for food, used for food. And their leaves will not wither and will be used the fruit will be used for food and the leaves for medicine. Now, what are we to learn from this? This is a type and shadow of the final new Jerusalem. Because, listen to this, this is the final and new Jerusalem. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. Not from the temple, there is no temple. In the midst of the street, which is more the description of a plain or wide thoroughfare, and on either side of the river was the tree of life. Uh, Zechariah describes the same thing in this way. Um, or rather, Ezekiel describes the same thing in this way. Along the banks of the river and on the side will grow all kinds of trees. Leaves will be for healing and fruit will be for eating and it will be so... Uh, Twelve trees uh, every month bearing fruit. 
But here it is one tree. In the middle of the street and on either side of the, of the river was the tree of life. Singular. Bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. We've seen this paradigm before. In heaven, things are compressed that are on the earth expanded. So when Ezekiel spoke of the four living creatures that John spoke about in in the book of Revelation, the fifth chapter, Ezekiel is speaking from the point of view of the earth, John is speaking from the point of view of heaven. From John's perspective, there are only four creatures and each creature has a singular face. One is like an ox, one is like a lion, one is like an eagle and one is like a man. But in Ezekiel, when he describes the earthly manifestation of those very things, yes, there are four creatures, but each one has four faces. Each one has the face of a lion, each one has the face of an ox, each one has the face of an eagle, and each one has the face of a man. So when you view it from an earthly point of view, it's the most exhaustive way of looking at it. But in heaven, because it is spiritual, the nature of the thing is consolidated in one expression. So, twelve trees are in Ezekiel, one tree of twelve different iterations, it's the same tree twelve times. That shouldn't be difficult to understand. If you have an apple orchard, it's essentially the same tree in multiple manifestations. But this tree in the the New Jerusalem, this tree bears a different fruit every month, whereas the twelve trees in the millennium bear different, each one bears a different fruit every month. Now then, we may ask the question, when God established the Garden of Eden and established it to support Adam and Eve, is that the only place where trees grew for food? No, God anticipated that the descendants of Adam would spread out across the earth and so He populated the earth in that fashion with fruit trees yielding fruit whose seed was in itself and it was so and it wasn't unique to the Garden of Eden. Here, however, there's a contraction of this very principle because it is exclusive. God is no longer dealing with all of humanity. God is now dealing exclusively with His people. 
And in the millennium, that intermediate stage between what it is now and what it will be in the New Jerusalem, in that intermediate stage, he's also providing for and preparing for the healing of the nations and the providing of fruit for them to that end. The millennium is a much expanded version of what will become more densely concentrated at the end of the age, at the end of the millennial age, uh, when God is only dealing now with those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and where no unholy person or thing is allowed into the New Jerusalem. So it's critically important to bifurcate this block of information into the two relevant portions of it in order to see that there's a thing being done in the millennium that will be done when the millennium is over and the fruit of that will be a very different thing and configured in a very different way. So whereas the millennium will see the rule of Christ over a renewed earth and over a people, some of whom are the people of God who have been fully uh, configured to the rod of iron, some of whom are also the people of God who are disobedient and are assigned a portion outside of this city, renewed Jerusalem, but not the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem will be where heaven and earth meet, but defined by the characteristics of the eternal. The, the Jerusalem of the millennium being renewed will be the headquarters of the king. Those who were received as sons of God but refused the discipline that would have made them into mature sons of God are now assigned a portion with the unbelievers outside of the Jerusalem that is the capital city of the Kingdom of God on earth during the millennium. But we are already seeing, even in the millennium, we are already seeing many of the indications of that which will define fully, thoroughly, the new Jerusalem and no event is more thorough, no, no feature is more thoroughly descriptive of this than this river of life flowing from the throne of God and the tree of life, a tree of life which bears 12 fruit, each, each, 12 fruits each month. Uh, eat and a new fruit every month and the leaves are for 
the healing of nations. That will have already been established as the point and purpose of the tree. So we need to understand what these things now mean in the millennium. Why, uh, what these things mean after the millennium. Why in the millennium and before the new Jerusalem arrives and while there is yet an upgrade to a spiritual reality, nevertheless that mixture of the natural and the spiritual, where the natural hosts the spiritual, the coming of the Lord Jesus as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, His his city of rule, the city from which He will rule is the city Jerusalem. But like I said, it it will have been upgraded to permit His rule and the order of the earth will be, will will come forth from the king's rule in this place. This place will have a temple because it is not the final thing. And, but there will be no sacrifices in this temple because it's an indication of both Christ as the original and final sacrifice and the worship of Christ as the King, as the living God. His, he is the object of worship and the temple will symbolize, symbolize that. The form of that is not entirely known to us. Types and shadows of it have existed in in the Old Testament. It's why the centerpiece of the temple and the worship of the temple was the offering of a particular sacrifice, type and shadow being of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will be revealed as the sacrifice uh, and the glory of God will properly attend Him. All nations will bow to Him at the mention of His name. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven, every knee shall bow of things in the earth. And in the New Jerusalem, He will be the center of honor and glory. It's what God will have given to Him. At the end of the millennium, He will hand up the kingdom to the Father and God will be all in all. Now, the millennial period will contain many elements that will, in their upgraded form, or will point to the final form of the new Jerusalem. So the rule of Christ in the millennium will contain many of the same elements to be upgraded to their final iteration in the New Jerusalem. The trees growing by the river, the river itself, the fruit of the tree, the healing of the nations, 
all these things will experience a final upgrade in the New Jerusalem. So we want to keep pursuing this as we unpack what is meant by uh, Revelation 22, 1 through 5, uh, the river of life, uh, the trees that grow by the river, the healing of the nations, uh, the name of the Father in their foreheads, no, no night there, the Lamb is the light, and so on. We'll continue to pursue this as we come back. I'm Sam Solon and I'll see you then. Bye for now.